This is the USCCB First Freedom Podcast. I'm Aaron Matthew Weldon. The Supreme Court recently heard oral argument in the case of Masterpiece Cake Shop versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. The case raises questions that matter to many Americans, such as, can the government force artists to craft messages with which they disagree? And, how does a truly tolerant society deal with different convictions about the meaning of marriage? Hillary Burns is here to talk with us about this important case. Hillary serves at the USCCB as Assistant General Counsel and lead staff to the Committee for Religious Liberty. Thanks so much for taking the time to walk us through this case. Sure. Thanks for having me. Now, first off, let's just get a little background. What is this case about? Who is Jack Phillips and how did he end up in court? So Jack Phillips owns Masterpiece Cake Shop. He is a Christian baker in Colorado, and he's owned this cake shop for um, about 24 years now, since 1993. And uh, one day, he uh, two men came into his shop and requested that he create a custom-made cake for their same-sex wedding uh, reception. And Jack told the, the two men that that was something not something that he could use his artistic skills to create, that he would sell them anything else in the shop, but um, you know that was pre-made, but he, he could not, in good conscience, use his artistic um, skills to create a, a custom wedding cake for, for a same-sex wedding. And for that, um, the, the two men filed complaints with the Colorado uh, Civil Rights commission and uh that's how jack ended up in court basically now uh this is you know shape up shaping up to be probably one of the most watched cases of the supreme court's term uh you know the, the lines formed at the court last week for the oral arguments uh you know lots of people watching this case getting a lot of news coverage uh much more than many cases uh why, why are so many people tuned into this? What is at stake here? Yeah, I think this is the type of case that really can kind of capture the public's imagination because we've probably all been into a bakery before, and so we can kind of relate to it just on a human level. Um, and, you know, we've all attended weddings before, so we can understand um, what goes into creating a wedding cake so I think that's that's part of why it's so accessible to the public. Um, it doesn't hinge on a lot of technical, you know, legal technicalities. So, um, and I think just the the um, the media attention that goes around same sex marriage issues it's still um, very much covered. I would say in the mainstream media, and so the media attention itself has kind of perpetuated that. Um, idea that this is really important to the public. Mm-hmm. So, uh, give us a sense of uh, what the main arguments are from both sides. What is the Colorado Civil Rights Commission saying? Uh, the ACLU represents the couple. What are their arguments for why Jack should be forced to, to make the cake? And then what are, what are we saying? We filed a brief uh, supporting Jack in this case. What are we saying? What um, actually the U.S. government 
filed a brief supporting Jack also. What what um, what are they saying? What What's the argument in favor of Jack's case? Yeah, so just to kind of boil it down on both sides, I would say um, on the side of Jack, the, the baker or cake artist, as I think he would call himself, um, given the level of detail that, that go into his cakes, um, so on his side, he's arguing under the free speech and the free exercise clauses of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. So he's saying um, he should not be forced to create speech that he he should not be forced by the government to create speech that he disagrees with. So um, we would call that compelled speech that he's being asked to promote a message with which he disagrees. And then on the the free exercise front that. You know, he has a religious viewpoint on marriage and, um, you know, that he should be able to express that viewpoint. Um, he should be able to exercise his faith within his daily work, which is, you know, running and, and um, operating a, a bake shop. So he has those. Those are his two main claims under the First Amendment. On the other side, we have the ACLU and uh, is representing the the same-sex couple, and what they're arguing is that Colorado has a sexual orientation, non-discrimination state law, and that there really shouldn't be too many exceptions to that law. That you know the law was passed to um, to protect LGBT people from discrimination, and that um, it. It really that uh, for-profit businesses like Jack Phillips Masterpiece Cake Shop should not be, um, you know, should not be exempted from this public accommodations law that um, prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. So um, now, by now, you know, you've had time to read through the transcript, maybe even more than once. I don't know. Um, Read through the transcript of the recent oral arguments. You know, the briefs have been public for a while, so we've been able to read through those. Uh, but really, in the oral arguments, you get to hear, you get a taste of what the justices might be thinking. Um, what is your take on what arguments seem to be getting some traction? You know, as you as you mentioned, the 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 Jack's case is kind of a two. There's kind of a two pronged approach in a way. You've got the the compelled speech issue and the free exercise. Uh, it seemed to me, my read was that, you know, his, in the oral argument, they really opened up really pushing on the free speech thing. Did that, did that get much traction? Um, or, or was it more of the, did the religious claims end up getting more traction? Where do you think this is kind of going? What's, you know, give us a sense of your analysis. Well, I would say that I am cautiously optimistic um, that Jack Phillips and Masterpiece Cake Shop will will prevail. Um, of course, it's always difficult to read the tea leaves of an oral argument, um, and you know we saw from Justice Kennedy in particular that he seemed to have some sympathies to both sides' arguments um, at different parts of the oral argument. Um, but I think. Um, I think he did seem to be very concerned about um, and something in particular was just the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, how at least one of the commissioners had um, had contended that 
Jack Phillips' behavior was he he likened it to people discriminating in other ways like slavery and the Holocaust. And I think this really bothered Justice Kennedy. It sounds like um, for those who attended the oral argument, they said that Justice Kennedy was very animated about this issue of, you know, having respect for Jack Phillips' religious views, um, that it could be, you know, discrimination on the basis of religion to um, to just basically tell him that his views are, you know, like slavery and the Holocaust. So I think Justice Kennedy was was concerned about that religious discrimination against Jack. And, you know, he noted that tolerance is essential in a free society. So um, and then just on the this the free speech area, we did see the justices kind of struggling with, um, you know, how to define what constitutes what constitutes speech? So other forms of artistry, like a makeup makeup artist, does that count? Or um, a chef, um, you know, do, do, does a chef's food, other food creations um, count as, as speech? So, um, so I think they're struggling with where do they draw the line about speech? And does this, do these cakes, um, you know, fit within that, um, you know, or are they sending a message basically? I mean, my general sense, and but you know, I'm not a lawyer, so you can tell me if I'm wrong, um, is that usually uh, the compelled speech or free speech issues are easier to win than free exercise um, cases. I, I believe, but maybe that's wrong. And so, I assume, you know, you can see why um, Jack's side would focus on that because it seemed like they would get a, you know, you have a, be- you give yourself a better chance of, of. Um, you know, prevailing, but uh, I, I don't know. I got the sense that some people were kind of surprised that that the way Justice Kennedy. I mean, he was really the one who who brought up this. <laughs> he he almost made the best argument, and some not. Uh, he he made a very strong argument, I should say, for uh, about the free exercise um, claim by by pointing that out that if if every time somebody raises a religious liberty issue you just turn around and point to all the bad things that have happened in the name of religion it sounds kind of like you're hostile to religion and i i mean yeah. i don't know what do you think like is that for one thing is that right that 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 maybe was the strategy going in and it wasn't helpful for justice kennedy to bring up the free exercise um, issue like that yeah, I, I think, you know, Justice Kennedy and the Obergefell decision back in 2015 um, seems like a long time ago, but it was only two and a half years ago um, when he called, um, you know, people's beliefs on same-sex marriage, you know, people who oppose same-sex marriage, he said, you know, basically have decent and honorable convictions. So I think it, it bothers him that there are other folks out there you know, notably what the ACLU was arguing in this kind of extreme position that you, that a religious exemption should be very, very narrow. Um, I think that bothers him because he knows that there are lots of people, millions, tens of millions of people in the U.S. who still hold to the view, you know, the Catholic Church's view of marriage, um, that it's between one man and one woman. So um, I think that just really disturbed him to think that now all of a sudden they they're expected to just change their views overnight because of what, um, you know, what the Supreme court ruled. So, Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's just really interesting that he is the one who picked up on that um, statement by the Colorado Civil Rights Commissioner. Um, so that just seems like something that really was of interest to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, and it is, uh, you know, often these, these wedding vendor cases, very often it's, it's sad that these are, the, these are the cases that have been sort of the, the you know, tip of the spear in, the, in these sorts of, um, in the culture war or whatever, because oftentimes when you get, in, when you dig into the facts of these cases, these vendors are often uh, really bend over backwards to try to, to accommodate or they're never, they're, they're really not bigots, you know? Um, and so, I mean, it really just is, is um, I think that he's got a very good point there in terms of respecting people have convictions there, that that's very different from discriminating against someone just because of who they are, um, that there is a distinction to be made there. Yeah. And I think a lot of the justices kind of, um, pointed out, or at least a few of them that sort of, um, you know, an objection to participating in a particular event versus just not selling any goods to, um, LGBT, you know, people who identify as LGBT. So, um, you know, we were not aware of, I think we would hear about them in the mainstream media if there were actually businesses who said, you know, no LGBT customers allowed. That's not what these vendors are about. And like in this particular case with Jack Phillips, he was willing to sell them anything else in the shop, um, you know, cupcakes, brownies, etc. He told them and but he just could not, you know, in good conscience, use his, his artistic skills to create something custom and mm-hmm. unique for a same sex wedding. Yeah. The custom made issue was, I mean, that, that was really the, um, you know, where the, the crux of the issue in a lot of ways. Um, and I thought that also, uh, I don't know if you want to say anything about one of the big issues justice Gorsuch raised, which was the, um, the requirement of the Colorado commission that, that Jack reeducate his, his employees, which are his family. And, um, Justice Kennedy seemed to also be, you know, kind of be sympathetic to what he was saying. I don't know if you want to make a comment about that. Yeah. And actually, Justice Kennedy pointed out. Um, so with Jack Phillips, I mean, his family members work in the shop for him. I think his wife and his daughter, at least, um, you know, are employees of his. And so this Colorado Civil Rights Commission order um, told him that he had to take essentially reeducation classes um, on sexual orientation, non-discrimination to make sure that he did not, um, engage in that kind of behavior again. And he would have to actually teach that to his employees who are his family members. So, um, so justice Kennedy noted that Jack was going to have to teach that state law supersedes our religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so that again was something that really seemed to bother him. I mean, I think, you know, one thing that it, uh, really, boiled down uh, that um, one statement that was that was really crucial that was helpful I thought was when Justice Kennedy says that that tolerance uh, is most meaningful when it's mutual and uh, one of the main arguments from the other side has been that that Jack and others who um, you know refuse to participate in these events that they are causing dignitary harm by not doing, by not being involved in these events. And yet, 
they never that argument never addresses the fact that Jack's own dignity is harmed if the state is coercing him. Um, and so I think that Justice Kennedy is right in pointing out that, you know, that there, there has to be mutual. It has to be a two way street, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And we we think about um, even Baroness Stutzman, the the florist in Washington State, who I mean, she was sued in her personal capacity as well as her floral her her business, her floral shop, um, you know, by a same sex couple seeking flowers, of, you know, custom floral arrangements for their same sex wedding. So Baronel. Um, stands to lose actually her her house, her life savings, uh, to pay the legal fees for the other side for their their lawsuit against her. There's another uh, bake shop in Oregon that was fined one hundred thirty five thousand dollars by the state um, because they declined to create you know custom same sex wedding cake. So we're we're talking about pretty massive um, financial penalties on people who just simply seek to, you know, follow their conscience in this area and mm-hmm. don't want to be forced by the state to adopt the state's new viewpoint that they've never held before. Mm-hmm. Well, just to kind of to uh, wrap wrap up, um, what are some possible results? I mean, you mentioned being cautiously optimistic. Um, I think a lot of uh, people on the on the religious freedom side are seem to be cautiously optimistic, but uh, it's not simply a matter of you know winning or losing. That's it's kind of the way that they what the, they draft the opinion, what they rely on, you know. So what kind of precedent is going to be set? And uh, as we've mentioned several other similar types of cases, you know, what might implications be for for other, for, for say, the you mentioned Oregon, I believe that was the Sweet Cakes by Melissa, I think is that one, or Baronelle yes. Stutzman. There have been others. There was the Elaine Photography. Um, you know, what, what could be the implications? It may depend on if they do get into what counts as speech. Is that something they might get into? Uh, yeah, I think we will see, you know, depending whether it's on free speech grounds or free exercise, kind of how broadly the court decides to to go here um, and whether things like flowers are covered. So, for example, in the Baronel Stutzman case, um, her petition is actually pending before the Supreme Court. So they could decide to, you know, decide that case at the same time that they decide Masterpiece Cake Shop. So, um, you know, this case wouldn't just affect Jack Phillips and his shop, but potentially other wedding vendors around the country. And so we'll we'll see, um, you know, if it's on free speech grounds, they might carve out, you know, cakes. Yes. But maybe other things. No, mm-hmm. kind of depending on how artistic um, the justices think of a particular medium is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been these other uh, issues which you don't hear quite as much about them, it seems to me. But there have been the issues of like the uh, I think it was a bed and breakfast that wouldn't host a wedding. And that one was interesting. If it's if I'm thinking of the right one, uh, that they I believe it was in New York State, and they were willing. They they actually did host like a, a, a adoption party for I believe a lesbian couple. Who, so they hosted a party for the kids. So they obviously didn't discriminate 
because they it was you know they had um, served uh, you know gays and lesbians in the past, but but because the bed and breakfast was at their home, they wouldn't host the the actual ceremony in their home. They said having it in our home is too much. So I wonder, like, you know, if if they come down on the free speech grounds, I'm assuming that's not going to help those sorts of cases, but perhaps free exercise. I mean, is there a pot? Is it even possible that this judgment could extend to those sorts of things or might we see another thing coming down the pike? Yeah, it really depends how broadly, you know, it goes. And, um, and one of the things that they'll look at is, you know, does the state have a compelling interest in enforcing these non-discrimination laws just and and not allowing for for example a for-profit business um, religious exemption from them so um you know it could potentially affect these other these other areas but it really kind of depends on whether they rule on free speech grounds or free exercise grounds i think mm-hmm. well um we will all be anxiously awaiting. I'm sure in, in June we'll be, we will look forward to getting another update from you on when the court does hand down the ruling. Thank you so much for taking the time to keep us informed. Great. Thanks again for having me. And this is Aaron Matthew Weldon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the First Freedom Podcast. <laughs>